I just want you, wherever you come from today, wherever you've been, whatever your story is, this is the truth. God loves you. He created you. And he desires a relationship with you. Some of you know that really well. Some of you might not. And so what I want to do for just a few minutes is talk about the relationship that we can have with God and just the absolute impact that that can have on us. And then as we continue in worship, because this is all worship, as we continue in worship, I'm going to ask you to respond to aspects of what I'm teaching today. And so I just want to share with you a little bit from that place. Um, I want to pray just really quick that God would speak. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for each person in this room, whether someone today walks in close or far away, may they experience the God that runs towards them. May they experience the God that desires a relationship with them. In Jesus' name, amen. So I've been reading, I think I told you guys, I've been reading some of the spiritual fathers and mothers of the church and uh, just kind of digging in a little deeper, you know? And I, I stumbled upon something, a concept that I wanted to just share with you that, that I, I thought might be helpful. There's this common view, which I thought was curious, the statement, a common view, that somehow that I can't obtain a deeper walk and relationship with the Lord by means of prayer that is mostly, listen, consideration, request, meditation, reasoning, and objective discussion. And I read that, I was like, that's kind of interesting, because it feels to me that a lot of times that's what we end up with. We end up with our reason. We end up with, with the, doing the right things or pressing the right levers or meditating on the scripture. And, and, and so what I thought was really interesting about this is what they're saying is that, that somehow our effort in our minds are the things that aren't going to necessarily connect us to the deeper things. Which for some of us who are very rational, reason-oriented, high thinkers, come on, that this is going to be a bit of an affront to you. So just, just hold on with me. But here, here's the idea. The, the, at best, this kind of behavior, this outward focus, this, this reasoned behavior at best, is only a benefit at the outset of the spiritual quest. So in other words, it's something that we do in the beginning. It's like training wheels. But that there's something here that I, I want you to see. Our, our reason, our thinking, our minds can only take us so far. Because again, we love reason. I love reason. I love things to be logical and make sense. But there is an aspect to faith that is not rational. It is irrational. Matter of fact, we long for the irrational, don't we? 
Don't you want to see a miracle? I want to see a miracle. And miracles don't make sense, do they? So there's this aspect to our faith that we've got to consider. So it's not just training the mind for the right things. Matter of fact, I kept reading, and this particular author said, if you continue on this typical outward prayer, you know, praying that's common to those who pray. He goes on, he says, and if such practice continues year after year without a great deal of upward progression, because that's what we want. We want to feel like we're being successful. I pray more and I get better. Up and to the right. He says, if you, if you do that, Year after year, and you're not seeing an upward progression. Some of us are there. You've been doing it a long time, and you haven't gotten very far. He says, <laughs> then you are wasting a great deal of your time. Some of us don't want to hear that. You're like, wait, I put in time, Lord. I put in lots of time. But what he's trying to get us to see is that it's not about the reason. It's not about the process. All the t- It's not about the tool. But it's about being with God. That when, we, when we're with God, that something changes. So here's the thing. Why seek the Lord by means of, I love this, straining the brain in search of some place to go prayer? So I think sometimes we think more about where to pray than we actually pray. We spend time worried about all of these superlatives, all of the outward things, and we spend less time just being with God. So we're straining to find God, and this is the crazy part. We're straining to find God without. When you have him within you. We're searching for him. We're looking for him. We're going to the mountain, and and we realize that The Bible's very clear. I don't have to go to the mountain. I don't have to go to the mountain. Because he's here. He's within me, the Bible says. The very presence and power of God is within you. I love the way Augustine said it. Listen to this. Lord, I went wandering like a stray sheep, seeking you with anxious reasoning that is weighting me down, weighting me within He says, I wear myself out much by looking for you without. Yet you had your habitation within me. If only I had desired you and panted after you like a deer pants after the water. Come on. I went around the streets and the squares of the city of this world and I found you not. Watch this. But in vain I sought without for you. And you were within. And we wander and we do and we do and we wander. And the realization comes to us at some point, hopefully, is that it's not about the without. It's about the within. It's about the within. And now, I know I just went through nine weeks on the presence of God and how to find it. And I gave you tricks and tips. But if you focus on the tricks and the tips for too long, you might miss the point is that the Spirit of God lives in you and that you have access to Him at any point during the day. You have God living in you. Oh, come on. Can you imagine if you got to a place where you believed that? 
that he lives in you. Not just as an idea, not something you believe in your mind, but you experience it daily. Game changer, isn't it? See, you are the living temple and you are his one true habitation. Your own spirit, listen to this, your own spirit is the seat and throne of God who continually rests within you. Some of you are getting it. You're like, that's good news. Some of you, I'm not sure you're getting it yet because you're thinking, man, that seems hard. Like I got to do more. I know I've screwed it up. I've screwed it up. I've been trying on the outside and now I got to go to the inside. The whole thing's a mess. No, no, no. It's small tweaks to high peaks. All you got to do is make a tweak. Just make a little bit of a course correction. Stop focusing on the prayer so much and start focusing on his presence. Start focusing on the fact that he's with you and that he desires to talk with you. He desires to interact with you. And so here's one final thought on this idea is who then but a fool? Listen, anybody want to be a fool? Nope. Who then but a fool would look for an instrument of God without when he knew that it was within his own doors? (laughs) And then this, or who will ever be filled when he's hungry and yet refuses to ever taste? Isn't that good? Like, it's right there. God made you the meal. Are you going to eat it? Many good people do this, always seeking. Listen, always seeking and never enjoying. See, we're looking in the wrong place. We're, We're looking without when it's really within. See, the presence of God is within us. I want to share something to you from John 14, 26. And this is something you have to understand, that Jesus left. Do you know that? He left. He's out. After the the resurrection, the Bible says that he's gone. You're like, wait, how's that work? Listen, John 14, 26. But the comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby, these are all names for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, listen, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things. What is he going to teach you? All things. Here, let me ask that again. What's he going to teach you? Okay, so he's going to teach you all things. So if there's something you need to know, where does it come from? The Holy Spirit. If there's something you need to get, Holy Spirit. If there's something you need to pray, specifically, Holy Spirit. See, see, the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to help you in this journey. And he will teach you all things, the Bible says. And then, and he will cause you to recall, will remind you of, bring to you remembrance everything that I have told you. In other words, there's knowledge you don't have. There are experiences that you don't have that you need. And the Holy Spirit is the one there to provide it. And you don't have to go to, to the store to get it. See, the Father sent the Holy Spirit to help us and to be our friend. He's here to help us and be our friend. And if you don't know the Holy Spirit as your helper or your friend, you need to. 
You need to begin to journey inwardly so that you can find this in your life because it's the very thing that you need most of all. And so what I want to do for just a moment is I want to break it down for you as quickly and as clearly as I possibly can. If you're a follower of Jesus today, do you believe that on a daily basis you feel powerful or powerless? Okay, just sit with that for a second. As a follower of Jesus, if you'd say, yes, I, I've been saved. I believe in Jesus. He, he's my Savior. I've made him my Lord. Here's the question. Do you, on a regular basis, daily basis, feel powerful or powerless? Isn't that a good question? For some of us, we don't like the question. But the question is important. Because the Bible very clearly tells us that when the Holy Spirit enters our life, we receive not only God's presence, but we receive his what? Power. And if we receive the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that means that we have lives that are intended to be what? Powerful. You're getting this. Because that Holy Spirit lives in me, has taken up residence, habitation has occurred on the throne of my spirit. And what that means is, is that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, pretty, pretty significant power, now lives in me. And not just that, it's not just his ability to raise the dead, but if you go further back to the book of Genesis, it's the same power that created the world. It's the same power that God said, turtle. And turtle came into being. <laughs> That's significant. That's the kind of power we're talking about. And why, as a believer in Jesus Christ, would you want to live in such a way that you don't experience that kind of power? And I reject the idea. I reject this outright. I bind it up in the name of Jesus. That somehow, that's working through your brain right now. It's working through your brain. You're actually, the enemy is convincing you right now to be feeling condemned. Less than. That you don't measure up. That you've been in this game a long time and that is not your experience. Just reject that outright. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Don't let that get on you and remove you from moving forward. Reject it as an idea. Because that's not God speaking to you. Why would God promise something to you? Why would God want to give you something and then somehow make you feel bad about it? He's not trying to make you feel bad. He's trying to give you a gift. And what, what do you do with gifts? You receive them. So the question becomes is, here's the thing. Are you powerful or powerless? And if you come to a decision on that, and it happens to be powerless, why don't you go to the one with the power who already promised it to you? <laughs> it's so good, isn't it? And it's so clear. Because here's the thing. Believers can be saved and powerless at the same time. 
You can be saved and going to heaven to spend eternity with God because of what Jesus did on the cross for you and at the same time live a life that is powerless. And that is not God's plan for you. Come on. His plan for you is something greater. Matter of fact, I love, I love the way that Robert Morris, Pastor Robert Morris said this. He says, without receiving the Holy Spirit, I was living a powerless and defeated life of minimal effectiveness in God's kingdom. This is a man that leads a significant ministry. And that's how he felt. Now, as I talk about the Holy Spirit, I know that there are many of us that have stories. Maybe we have experiences, some of them good, some of them bad. And those things kind of get in our brains sometimes. It's like, I'll take Jesus, but I don't want the tongues. I'll take Jesus, but I don't want to do anything weird. I'll take Jesus, but if he makes me raise my hands and worship, I'm out. I'm out. Right? We make agreements. How dumb is it for us to say to God, who is a good God who wants to give us good gifts, that we don't want what he has to give us? As a friend of mine says, that's double dumb. That's double dumb. So let me just tell you a little bit about my story. I met the Lord when I was 14, about eighth, eighth grade. I came into a relationship with Jesus and I confessed my sins and I was baptized. And, and it, was, it was such a meaningful time for me. Uh, I didn't understand all of it at the time. I didn't completely get it. Uh, I had all kinds of stuff that had attached itself to me that I had to get rid of, that the Lord had to do some deep dives in. Come on. Matter of fact, I'm 44 years old, and he's still deep diving on me. He's still finding things in me that need to get replaced. And so here's the thing. Here's the point you've got to see. Focus on me, not on Zeb. Here's the thing you've got to see. Is there's a point where you have to surrender your life to God in order to even usher in the possibility that you could be whole that you could have that experience. You will not receive power, wholeness, or victory without Jesus. Come on. I don't, I don't care. I don't care how much you do. You might get a little better. You might get incrementally better. But is that the goal? Is the goal to get incrementally better by your own power? No, the goal is to be saved. The goal is to be whole. The goal is to be like Jesus. Can you do that without Jesus? Of course you can't, and you know it. And if you think you can, you're full of pride. And I remember sitting in that little church. It was a, as a matter of fact, it was a, a, a missionary Baptist church. My mom and I were the only white people in there. It was full of African-Americans. They embraced me into this church. And my life was changed that day. And what I'd say to you now that I didn't understand then was that there was an immersion into a relationship with Jesus there that led to my salvation. And I believe this for every person in this room today. If, if I asked you this question, if you died tonight, would you spend eternity with God? And if you don't know that, that's the first step. 
is that you would repent before the Lord and you would be immersed into a relationship with Jesus. After I had that encounter, I, I got baptized. Water baptized. I, they, they literally, I mean, this, and it was an old, you know, we didn't have a lot of money kind of church. And they turned that, they had a baptismal font or I don't know, a tub, they, they, not a font, but a tub. And they would turn it on and give people, people would come in and they would get baptized. Well, this tub didn't have a heater. And the water was freezing. And it was so crazy. They, they literally, like, you, you, had to, you wore some clothes, but then you put this white robe on. I don't know if any of y'all had that experience, but we put a white robe on. And, and I remember going down into the water. And as I did, it was just like, I'm freezing to death. I'm having a hard time focusing on g -g -g God. <laughs> but I remember that moment of going under the water and coming back up. And the Bible says that, that literally my sins are being washed away. And then I'm coming up a new creation. And not just that. I'm going under the water in death. Death to myself. Death to what I want. And coming out of the water fully surrendered to my Lord. Not just my Savior, but my Lord who now gets to tell me what to do. And I remember those experiences, man, and some of you have them. They're just precious. Even, even if like you, you, you grew up in a tradition where they put water on your head, that's cool. Don't worry. But there's this moment that you remember. It's powerful. And I can, I can recall this. And here's the third part I want to get to. It doesn't stop there for me. Started at 14, but it didn't stop there. And it wasn't until I was in seminary. Come on. Seminary. So graduate school all the way through college, into graduate school, studying about the divine. Then I'm sitting in a class on evangelism. And the professor says, do you feel powerless or powerful? And it was right there in class with all of these preachers that are training to be pastors in this world that you just saw men and women getting up. And I remember going down and laying on my face and just having his name was Bob Tuttle having old school evangelist lay his hands on me and pray for me to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I can honestly tell you that I felt nothing Some of you were waiting for me to tell you I jumped up and did a backflip for Jesus, started tongue talking and prophesying right there in the moment. It's not what happened. And I remember I was so thankful that the professor came back around after he had prayed for me and he whispered in my ear, he said, receive it by faith. Receive it by faith. Keep receiving it by faith. Because see what happens is if we don't have a certain response, we think we're deficient we think we're broken or that it didn't work. See, God doesn't work on our timetable. And I've known people that it didn't happen in that moment and it happened years later. As a matter of fact, that was my experience. 
Three years later, I'm in California. I'm at the Dream Center there in LA, and I'm doing some work, and we're going out to do some, uh, some work in the red light district. And so what we were gonna be doing is helping, uh, interacting with prostitutes, and trying to help those prostitutes realize that they're worth more, and get them in a van and take them to the Dream Center so that they could get free. And let me tell you this, guys. Come on, some of you. I was terrified. I was terrified to do it. I was scared. And yet the Bible says, come on. The Bible says, I don't need to be afraid. If God's called me to do something, he will equip me for it. But I was afraid. And I remember we got in this, it was like, it was like one in the morning and we're sitting out and we're in this big circle and we're just praying and we're seeking God. And, and somebody mentions like, hey, are you scared? And I was like, oh yeah, I'm scared. I didn't say it like that. It was more like, yeah, I'm kind of afraid. said, well, you need the Holy Spirit. And I remember I just began to pray. I already had the Holy Spirit, but for some reason I was terrified. And it was in that moment that I began to understand the fullness of what Jesus wanted to bring into my life. And I began to speak in tongues. And as a result, my life has been different. But I, you might say, well, then he figured it out. Not necessarily. It was just something that I knew was real. And then fast forward a few more years, I'm planting this church, trying my best to just be the pastor I'm supposed to be and launch a church and do all of that. And I started to realize that the people around me and the religion of the religion that I was a part of, so to speak, let's just call it a denomination. It was sucking that out of me, that it literally had become something that was working against that being released in me. And when that happened, I had to make a change. I'm grateful for the people that God brought into my life that's helped me do that. The people that have said, hey, 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 I see this in you. I want to see this in you. I, I want to help you get there. And you know what? It wasn't even specific. It was just people living their life full of the Holy Spirit that drew me to it again. And I tell you what, I feel more alive than I've ever felt because I know that I know that I know that it's real. Now guys, that's a journey, isn't it? Listen, what is that, like 25 years? And what we want is an instantaneous microwaved version and if God doesn't show up in that prayer like I want him to, I'm out. Guys, come on. Let's do better. Let's in faith believe God wants to do something great. Come on. So, I've preached way too long. And I've got plenty more to say. But I'm going to go real fast. I want to read something to you in the book of Acts. Acts 2. 38 through 39. Listen to this. This is Peter's perspective on the Holy Spirit. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall what? Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is in you and your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord God, come on, will call. Here's the point. Then I'm going to pray. 
Peter, in a nutshell, shows us what I'm going to describe over the next several months to you. That there are three baptisms. That there are three encounters that God wants you to have. And I know for some of you, I just dropped a big bomb in your theological brain. Are you saying, Pastor, you believe in three baptisms? Are you some kind of heretic? I don't know. I don't think I am. I'm just going to show you in the Word. Because Peter just did it. He says, repent, which is that immersion into Jesus, the relationship. Then he says, be baptized, which is the immersion into the water. And then he says, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is an immersion into the Holy Spirit. And so I want to pray for us just really quick. So let's, let's just begin to pray. God, I know that somebody in this room would say that their experience currently is that they don't have a relationship with Jesus. They've never repented and invited him in. And so what I want to do for just a moment, nobody's distracted. We're all focused. Intercessors are praying. We're just, we're, we're, we're laser focused on this point. Is that somebody here today in this room or on the other side of that camera, you've never repented and been connected into a relationship with Jesus. And I just want to pray for you. If that's you, if you want that, I want to pray this prayer for you. So just pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would forgive me of my sins. God, I repent. Will you be my Savior? Immerse me into the relationship, God. you'd be my Lord. I accept you today. God, fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name.